What is up, everybody, and welcome back to DW Sports Episode 4. I'm your host, Will Feller. And I'm your co-host, Davis Gehrig. Today we have a lot to talk about. There's been a lot of updated news ever since our last show. Cam Newton signed with the Patriots. Amani Bates committed to Michigan State, and J.R. Smith reunites with LeBron James in Los Angeles. So first thing I want to talk about, Cam Newton signs with New England. Obviously, the Patriots are going to have Jarrett Stidham under center this year. And in my opinion, Jarrett Stidham is not the answer to that New England offense. Bill Belichick likes to have shifty guys out there, Sony Michelle, James White, Julian Edelman people like that, and Jarrett Stenham was not going to be the answer. Obviously, Cam Newton has an MVP under his belt in 2015. His 2015 MVP stats look like this. They are incredible. 3,837 yards, 35 touchdowns, all while throwing 10 interceptions, and he did that with a 59.8% completion rate with an MVP. The Patriots signed him to a one-year $7.5 million deal. Davis, what do you think of the move by New England? Um, well, I like the move of them going after Cam Newton. But, of course, he was injured, and he barely played last year. So, he doesn't have a good contract at all. I mean, he's getting paid league minimum. Um, he's getting paid less than Jacoby Brissett, who is playing backup for the Colts. He's getting paid less than a backup quarterback, and he's gonna and he's gonna be a starter. And as a former league MVP, in my opinion, that's kind of embarrassing for the Patriots to do that to him. I feel like they should give him his credit where it's due and respect him. They're putting they need to put respect on his name. Now, of course, he he was hurt last year, so he didn't get to show his full potential. So this will be a proving year for him, but I still think they need to give him respect. Where's the respect? Where? I completely agree with you on that about the respect thing. But what I agree with you more on is I think it's a prove it year. You know, do I think that Cam Newton should earn $23 million right now? No, I don't. And the reason I don't think he should be earning $23 million is Cam Newton has not done anything in the NFL since 2016, right? He won MVP with those incredible stats in 2015. They went 15-1 and one and lost in the Super Bowl. 2016, he had another good year, but he got banged up a little bit, okay? After that, Cam Newton has done nothing in the NFL, which is why I feel like he is a good scheme for Bill Belichick and the Patriot offense. But I understand what you're saying about that's disrespectful that he's getting paid less than Jacoby Brissett. But if he's just going to get injured again, why should you pay him that much money? If he has another breakout year and he does well for New England, then yeah, of course, I think he should pay him a lot of money next year after his contract's up. But for right now, I think the Patriots did the right move and in signing him to a $7.5 million deal because what if he gets hurt all year? What do you have to put Jarrett Stenham out there? You just wasted all your cap money, right? So maybe you could have paid him a little bit more, but I don't think you should have gave him a big bank. Um, so overall, good, good, smart move by the Patriots. The Patriots are a smart organization. 
So good move by them. Uh, going back to that 15 and one Panthers team with the stats, I just want to say, you know, the Panthers were 14 and 0 that season. Week 16 travel at Atlanta, they lose 13 to 20. That would just suck being 14 and 0, and then losing in week 16. Um, it's just heartbreaking. But Cam Newton, I feel like, is going to have a good year. Obviously, Bill Belichick has done great overall with the New England organization. And when people say that Bill Belichick is not a – you know, Bill Belichick can't win without Tom Brady. Well, I just think that's bullcrap because, you know, people look up what's Belichick's record without Brady, and it says 51-65. and 65. Yeah, that's not a good record. That's not a good record at all. But Bill Belichick coached the Cleveland Browns from 1991 to 1995, and the Browns were god-awful equivalent to the Detroit Lions, the New York Jets, uh, the, the Redskins, just teams absolutely horrible. 91, they went 6-10. 1992 and 1993, they went 7-9. 94 was their only good season where they made the playoffs, and they went 11-5. and five. In 1995, they flipped their record and went 5-11. and 11. So right there, out of those five years, that's 44 losses out of 65 without Brady. After that, Bill Belichick, obviously, from 96 to 99, was an assistant coach at New York. And then 2000 is when he became the head coach of the Patriots. Um, and Brady didn't take over its starter until 2001. It was still Drew Bledsoe. So I just think saying that Belichick is not a good coach without Brady is just a false statement. That's like you trying to coach a team that's horrible. Maybe you're the best coach of all time, but if you have a team with no talent, what are you supposed to do with that? You can't do anything. And the one year that they did good, they had Benny Testaverde at quarterback in 94, made the playoffs. If you ask the average person in 91, 92, 93, 95, if you – showed the Cleveland Browns roster, the average person would not be able to tell you one name on that. People would be able to tell you Vinny Testaverde, but they would not be able to tell you anybody else in those other four years. So I think Belichick is going to bring Cam back. I think, you know, Cam got hit 1,318 times in the past 10 years. That's the most out of any quarterback. He averaged 10 carries a game in 2015, okay? If Bill Belichick can find a way to get Cam to run the football but also find him less ways of getting hit, I think the Patriots are never, you know, going to break their dynasty. Everybody here says the Patriots dynasty is going to break. Well, no, I don't think it is. Tom Brady was never a mobile quarterback, but Cam Newton is. Belichick, if he finds a way to make Cam Newton's mobility fit into his offense, I think that offense is going to be unstoppable. At least a four or five seed in the playoffs. What do you think about that bold prediction out there? Well, I like the prediction because if you think about it, going back to that stat of how many times he got hit, he was playing for the Panthers, who first of all didn't have a very good 0-1 ever. And now that he's playing for the Patriots, he has 
a great O-line. He has a great defense. He has some stellar receivers. He has a good all-around team to build around. And like we said in, a co- in our f- first two episodes, um, Brady, er, yeah, Belichick can turn fifth-round talent into first ten picks like that. Brady was picked late, and now he's arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. And so thinking about who the Patriots drafted this year and then they got Cam Newton in free agency, they're going to have a good team. And I love that pick. I love that seeding pick. I'm glad you brought up um, – we've talked about it in our past shows how the New England Patriots get, you know, late-round draft pick talent into amazing talent. I want to talk about Nikhil Harry for a second. Nikhil Harry is – he was a rookie last year for Tom Brady. He didn't get very many targets. Julian Edelman and Mohamed Sanu got most of the targets. Obviously, Antonio Brown was in there um, for a couple games. But Nikhil Harry, as long as he's under Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and the whole Patriots coaching staff, he's going to be able to develop at that wide receiver position. And I think Cam's going to have an extra target. You know, Cam, he didn't have very many all-star, all-pro targets in Carolina that 15-1 and season. You could ask the average person, again, one receiver on that Carolina team. I don't think anybody would be able to name one. Julian Edelman is better than anybody on that 15-1 and one Panther receiving core. I feel like Nikhil Harry is going to have a breakout season for sure. And Mohamed Sanu is always going to be that slot guy, that speedy guy that burns you on maybe a post route or a vertical route or something like that, which is going to be good for Cam because, you know, he can tuck and run. He can throw that little screen pass to Sony Michelle or to James White for a 30-yard gain when all the linebackers back up because all their receivers are going deep on a vertical route. It's just that type of stuff that Bill Belichick implements into his offense to make the Patriots so good. Whether it's Tom Brady, Jarrett Stidham, or Cam Newton at quarterback, I think the Patriots were going to be a good team overall. I know I said Jarrett Stidham was not the answer. And do I think the Patriots would have still been a playoff team with Jarrett Stidham? Yeah, but... I think the Patriots are now contenders for the three seed or the four seed instead of the five seed or fighting for a six seed spot. But either way, I think the Patriots would have been a playoff team just because of the fact that Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest football coach of all time, is coaching the team. So the next big thing that happened, um, a shocker to everybody in the world, Amani Bates commits to Michigan State. He stated that it was his dream school. He likes how Tom Izzo coaches up his team more defense than offense. We all know Amani Bates' offensive game is absolutely phenomenal. If he can work on that defense a little bit, he has the potential to be one of the greatest college basketball players of all time. Who's the greatest college basketball player of all time? I don't know. You know, I can't tell you. Because do you compare stats from a one-year guy or a four-year guy? I don't know. But Amani Bates could blow everybody out in the water. He won Gatorade Player of the Year. The best player out of any high school prospect. 
out of a freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior. He won Gatorade Player of the Year over Jalen Green, who's going to the G League, Patrick Baldwin, who's the best in his class, one grade above him, and even over Mikey Williams, Bronny James, classes below him, stuff like that. Amani Bates won Gatorade Player of the Year, and here's the reason why. Here are his stats this year from only his sophomore season. He's not at his full potential yet. He's only two years into high school, about to be entering his third. He's just getting better. His stats this season, he averages 33.1 points per game, which if you don't know, James Harden averages 35 points a game in a 48-minute period. Amani Bates averages 33 in 24 minutes. Okay? He can score at will. He can do anything he wants with the basketball and score almost every single time. On top of that, he averages 9.1 rebounds a game. So he can get up and grab the board, offense and defense, right? 9.1 boards a game. That's also pretty insane. He dimes 2.9 assists per game, okay? There's not very many of his teammates that you hear about. He still averages three assists. 2.3 steals per game. Takes pride in his defense. That's something that Tom Izzo really likes on Amani Bates is he averages a lot of steals a game. On average, there's some games that he averages, you know, four or five steals a game. There's some he's put up one, two steals a game. That's how averages work. What I decided to do is since a lot of people, including myself, say that Mr. Amani Bates is the greatest high school prospect since LeBron James. I decided to compare Amani Bates' sophomore stats to LeBron James's. You already heard Amani Bates' sophomore stats. LeBron's sophomore stats, 25.3 per game, 7.4 rebounds per game, 5.5 assists per game, 3.7 steals per game. 3.7 steals per game. LeBron James, as a sophomore in high school, almost averaged four steals a game, which means some games LeBron probably had seven or eight steals a game. Okay, LeBron was a great defender in high school. He's a great defender now. Okay, Amani averaged eight more points than LeBron as a sophomore. He's out-rebounding LeBron as a sophomore. LeBron obviously had the Fab Five with him as a sophomore year. Drew Joyce and company. Okay, he had, LeBron did average more assists. But LeBron was also on a very well-known and better team than Amani Bates was on. Won a national championship, not a national championship, a state championship, his freshman, sophomore, and senior year. So LeBron's team was a lot better and well-known than Amani's. Do you think Amani Bates is going to play college basketball, or do you think he's going to end up going pro? Well, it depends what the NBA does, and I think. I think the NBA is going to start to change the rule and let players go straight to the NBA from college or from high school. They're already letting players go to the G League. The next step they have to take is letting them go to the straight to the NBA. And if they do that by the time Bates gets up there to his senior year of high school, he's definitely going to the NBA. It's like everybody wants to make money. Why not make money when you're, what, 18 years old? Right. And now if the NBA doesn't change that rule, he's going to go to college and he's going to win a championship with 
the Spartans. And, you know, the Spartans are going to be a tough team to beat. And I think if they don't change the rule by his junior year, he's going to reclassify and he will go to college and then he'll be a one and done guy. But for now, I think, I think he wants to go to the NBA. I mean, he says, he says his dream school is Michigan State. He wants to go to Michigan State. He wants to go to college. But I really don't think – if the NBA changes their rules, I don't think he will go to college. And he, I think he just needs to do what's best for him and his family. And I think that best decision would be him being a lottery pick and making – millions of dollars. Amani Bates, um, I don't feel like he'd be a lottery pick like you just said. I feel like he'd be a top five pick, but I, that's in the lottery, so I know what you mean. But Amani Bates said, quote, it really depends how this year goes. If it's too easy, I might. That's him reclassifying to 2021. Oops. Amani, you're averaging 33 points a game. Of course it's too easy. What are you talking about? If you're averaging 33 points a game, of course it's too easy. Like, is it fun? Yeah, it's fun. Well, at least I would think so. Of course it's fun averaging 33 a game. But he wants to chase the bag in the NBA. He's worked hard enough. Another reclassification question came up, and he, Amani said, quote, anything is possible right now. By the end of his junior year, he will – in position to graduate. We don't know yet. It's up to him. It's a day-by-day thing for him. That was Monty Bates' father on him reclassifying. So I think he will reclassify because if he says that it's too easy, then he won't. They don't change the rule. So I definitely think he is going to reclassify. Um, 33 points a game is just absolutely insane. And another thing that I did, I compared Monty Bates' right, his sophomore stats this year, because I can't compare any other stats, to LeBron James's peak when he was a senior. Another state championship team the year before LeBron James went to the NBA at St. B. LeBron averaged 30.4 points per game, 9.7 rebounds per game, 4.9 assists per game, and 2.9 steals a game. LeBron did get better. He averaged five more points than he did as a sophomore. Um, obviously, he took a lot more pride in his rebounding. And he was still playing good defense. And that was his peak, his senior year at high school, his last and final year. He was already on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He was already getting worldwide attention from other countries, Michael Jordan, you know, everybody else. This kid is Amani Bates is absolutely tearing it up right now. It might be safe to say that Amani Bates could catch up to LeBron James in the next two years, for sure, in his stats. I mean, he's already killing it. He already won Gatorade Player of the Year. And especially with social media and stuff growing these days, Amani Bates is going to get a lot of attention on his hands. And I just hope, you know, the best for Amani Bates as it goes forward. I know he's got a lot of big decisions coming ahead. Um, reclassification, whether he wants to go to the NBA or play in college. And then, of course, he's got to put in some hard work still again. He's still got work to do. Um, never satisfied with anything. So another thing that I want to talk about, J.R. Smith 
goes to the Los Angeles Lakers, reunites with LeBron James again. J.R. Smith and LeBron have some controversy. J.R. Smith in the 2018 finals. George Hill missed a free throw. J.R. Smith got the offensive rebound. He thought the Cavs were up, were leading the game. He dribbled out the clock, okay? Stupid move by J.R. Smith. I think he knows that. I don't think I need to say that. You could just see it in LeBron's face um, after he told him to shoot, and he didn't. He dribbled out the clock. A lot of Cleveland Cavaliers fans say that cost them the series. I don't know if it would have or not. I think it was a huge impact on it, but I don't know if it would have cost them the whole series. But anyways, J.R. Smith is reunited with LeBron James in Los Angeles. I love the move for the Lakers. J.R. Smith is going to replace Avery Bradley. He's a 3 and D guy. Avery Bradley was a great basketball player in Boston. When it comes to Los Angeles, it's just past his prime. J.R. Smith is a lot better perimeter defender, okay? He can play defense on the perimeter. He's got clamps. And also, when LeBron, AD, drive or anybody, they can just kick it out to J.R. for a three. LeBron and J.R. Smith has some chemistry, whether they like it or not. You know, LeBron is going to know where J.R. likes to spot up and shoot the basketball. J.R. Smith is a better shooter than Avery Bradley, in my opinion. That could cause some controversial opinions. But I think Jared Smith's a better shooter. Do you like the move with Los Angeles, or do you think that Los Angeles should have kept their team uh, for the rest of the season in Orlando? I love the move. I mean, if Bradley's not going to be able to play, you're going to have to pick someone up. And who better to pick up than J.R. Smith? I mean, I mean, LeBron might have been punching and kicking the air and throwing a fit because – he, I don't know if he wants J.R. Smith back on his team, but maybe he's maybe he does. I'll never know. But anyways, like you were saying, LeBron and AD can just drive and kick it out to J.R. or kick it out to Danny Green for a spot-up three. Then the defense is eventually going to have to make a change, and they're going to have to stay on those guys. And guess what's going to happen? LeBron and AD are going to take over the game, drive, and just – lay it in or take a mid-range shot, and they're both super good at that. Now, J.R. Smith has experience in the playoffs. He has experience winning, and he's he's a streaky shooter, but he's a 3 and D guy. He, he can shoot, and he can clamp up on the perimeter like you were saying. Um, back to his experience, he's, he's just such an experienced player. He has – 16 or 17 years under his belt. He got drafted in 2004. And I, I just think J.R. Smith getting added to the Lakers was a huge steal for them. And that could, that could help them win the championship. I mean, we'll see what happens with the Clippers and the Lakers. But I got a question for you. For J.R. Smith, he has a nickname known as the Henny God, right? He likes to drink Hennessy, okay? Now, you know, NBA players, you know, they can do what they want. But do you think his lack of experience in the NBA, um, you know, him not playing, 
for a while in the league is going to hurt the Lakers, or do you think it's going to do anything to Los Angeles? Because do you think Jared, you know what I mean? Do you think Jared Smith is going to be jacking up too many shots up there? It's going to hurt them, or do you think Jared is just going to play, you know, just a facilitator role? Um, he'll knock down some shots if you want, but overall, do you think Jared Smith is going to hurt the Los Angeles Lakers because he hasn't played in a while? That's the thing. I I think Jared Smith may be the type of guy. I think he is the type of guy that's going to hurt him because he's going to he's going to try to be too fancy and prove the doubters wrong, and he's going to try to take too many shots. He's going to try to prove everyone wrong. That's like, no, J.R. Smith should not get back in the NBA. He just should go drink and party all the, all year. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe he'll be smart. Maybe he'll be stupid. Yeah, so one last thing I want to talk about. Spencer Dinwiddie and Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Jordan are not traveling to Orlando with the Nets. Do you think the Nets are going to still be a playoff team? Even, um, you know, Kyrie Irving, he shapes his own opinions. You know, um, Spencer Dinwiddie and DeAndre Jordan have coronavirus, so they're not traveling with the team. But do you think the Nets are still going to be a playoff team? I think they'll be the A's. <laughs> I simply think the Nets are going to be an A seed because the Wizards would have to win seven out of their eight games to make it because um and that'd be really tough because let's see I don't think John Wall John Wall will play and if John Wall doesn't play that will take a huge impact for the Wizards so I still think the Nets will get an eight seed spot and they'll definitely get swept by the Bucks because the Bucks are just way too good for a team like that to beat them. Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets, their best player right now is Jarrett Allen, which, you know, is not very good for a team in Orlando. So, um, I don't know. I don't think they should deserve to be a playoff team, but I still think they will be in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think they should deserve the playoffs. Um, Obviously, the Wizards – are going to have to dig up a – they're already in a deep hole. I think they're not going to be able to come back up out of that hole. And I think the Nets are going to get swept by the Bucks pretty easily in the playoffs. We talked about that stuff in our third episode. If you haven't watched that, go watch that um, as well. But overall, I have one more question for you, Davis. Out of the three things we talked about, who do you think is going to have the, the biggest impact on their team, Cam Newton, Amani Bates, or J.R. Smith? I think J.R. Smith for sure. I mean, really? J.R. Smith could bring a finals so back home to L.A. And the reason I say that is because Avery Bradley wasn't that type of guy. I don't think he is the type of guy that could do that. I think J.R. Smith, with the experience he has, now, granted, he hasn't played in a little while, but I still think with the experience he has playing with LeBron, who's arguably the greatest player of all time, his experience playing with LeBron is going to help him so much. And I think that J.R. Smith is just going to have the biggest impact on his team.
I think that Cam's going to have the biggest impact on his team just because I think it's going to lead the Patriots from the bottom of the playoffs and playing a wild card game to potentially a three seed and playing the six seed in the first round. So I think Belichick, Josh McDaniels are going to find a way to bring Cam back from that 2015 season. They're going to transform him back into that MVP Cam at 31 years old. I was going to say Imani Bates, but, you know, it's too hard to determine. There's a lot of things as a sophomore. Imani Bates could get hurt. You know, he could do something stupid and get arrested. There's a lot of things that could happen that I just don't feel comfortable enough saying that Imani Bates is going to have the biggest impact on the Spartans, Michigan State over in East Lansing, or a G League team over Cam Newton, or even J.R. Smith. You know, J.R. Smith, I feel like, is that little dark horse. He's not a huge move, but he's a little supporting cast guy that's going to help out a lot in the future for the Lakers. I'm excited to see how this all pans out for sure. I know everybody hates the Patriots, unless you're a Patriots fan, obviously, but you got you to gotta have respect for them. They're a smart organization. They know what they're doing. And they won Super Bowls out of it. So that's going to wrap up tonight's podcast. I just want to say thank you. Me and Davis really both appreciate doing the show for you guys. I know you guys appreciate listening to it. So I just want to say thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Davis, do you have any other words before we go? Thank you for all the support on these. Like Will said, we appreciate it so much. It, it means. It means the world to us because this is what we want to do when we're older and we're getting our start now. So thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next one. See you guys in the next episode.